Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Dakota's flying solo today on this Friday at 4.20 in the afternoon. And I'm being joined today by two incredible Alberta-based women who have created what I perceive to be one of the most important documentaries that we will ever see. Today joining me, I've got Kimberly Gray, who just happens to be also one of my longtime friends that I have known forever, and a new friend, Kaylin Edworthy. Kaylin and Kim are the producers, directors, and so much more of the new film, The Root of It All. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks, Dakota. It's so cool to be here. Big fan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, I have known Kim. Let's take a little trip down memory memory lane here because that's always fun. I have known Kimberly since I was 15 years old, right, Kimberly? Uh, yeah. I recall singing Kelly Clarkson with you in a drive-thru when we were very young. Yeah. Eating Wendy's? Possibly. I've grown a lot since then. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, you have. And Kaylin and Kimberly have known each other for how long? Kaylin and I actually went to high school together, but uh, we were those kinds of friends that would meet up, you know, once, twice a year for casual drinks and then until... Not, the- in, not in high school, though. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, after high school, like casual friends, acquaintances, uh, and that has blossomed into such a much deeper, more powerful creative partnership in the last, obviously, year and a half since we've been working on this film. That's amazing. I love that. Those friendships are always so fun when they just kind of come back into your life and then you do incredible things together. I kind of feel like you and I are the same. We kind of just randomly came back into each other's lives and and now we're just doing stuff. Yeah, I think people come into your life when they're supposed to, whether that's to help you through something or to create something together or just to maybe be there for, for some fun or teach you a lesson. It's cool how you can watch people kind of cycle in and out of your lives like this. And yeah, you two have certainly been those for me. So that brings me to the big question here. I I think that there's a reason the two of you came back together and that one of those, the biggest reasons is this film. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the film, what it's about, what you guys are trying to accomplish and when you got started and how things have kind of rolled out a little bit. There are so many questions in there. I know. It's classic Dakota. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. No, no, that's great. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I'll start at the end of your questions, which is like how this got rolling. Uh, so Kimberly and I would take our dogs for walks and we'd spitball some ideas and talk about things that we could create. And one day I got this email from Tell a Story Hive for a $20,000 grant and, you know, middle of the pandemic. Nobody's doing much of anything. Um, and I, so I f- fired off this email to Kimberly and was like, should we, should we just do it? Um, it was something that we talked about a lot when we get together and those little 
yeah, yearly, bi-yearly get-togethers and we we talk some ideas. And so, yeah, we just, we jumped in and yeah. What do you want to say? I feel like there's, there's more. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I accepted the invitation to create something and because of accepting an invitation, then something really beautiful came from that. So the root of it all, which is the name of our documentary is a, a 22 minute exploration and highlight piece of the people in Alberta who are changing our relationship with food. Amazing. And what is the documentary trying to accomplish? Like, what is the story of the documentary? As much as you can tell us, we don't want to be totally surprised before it comes out. It's really about a disconnected urbanite, city, city dweller, who's seeking a deeper relationship with food and goes on a journey to meet several people in mostly in Calgary and in and around Calgary who are doing things differently and changing our relationship with food, ultimately discovering that the solutions are simpler than we are maybe told. And we can really empower ourselves to live healthier lives and have better relationships with the food that we eat. And as such, the food that becomes ourselves, that becomes us. What do you guys think is the biggest issue facing our our industry or our food our food supply right now? Like what's the biggest or some of the biggest disconnects? Give us some examples of what the the film is trying to um I guess not myth bust if you will, but like what are you guys trying to fix with this documentary? That's a good one. Yeah, I, I I don't know if this film is going to fix anything, but thank you. That's like very nice to say. It's really just trying to shine light on the issue around food. You know, we live in a culture, I think, of skip the dishes and not cooking and not really thinking about where our food is coming from. Whereas Kaylin and I both have memories of grandparents who knew how to can, who knew how to seed save, who knew how to garden. And it seems like our generation has lost a lot of that knowledge and a lot of those skills. In addition to the fact that I think food security is really topical, uh, we're seeing obviously more expensive groceries, we're seeing shortages of food, and, and we're really outsourcing our connection to food to big industries when we can take that power back. And it wasn't so long ago, like our grandparents' generation, where They were encouraged to grow their own food and share that food with their neighbors and know their food and and put their hands in the soil. And I I think there's a really, there's a beauty to that and a power to that and importance to that. And I think that's just some of what our film kind of scratches the surface of. And maybe add to that too and, and just say that I think one of the things that we heard over and over again was that farmers really want a connection to the people in the cities in particular, but people that um, people that don't have direct access to food typically, right? Like we go to a supermarket or like Kim said, order, skip the dishes. They want that relationship. They just don't, they don't know how to get there. And I think the same is true for a lot of, you know, city dwellers like Kimberly, how how do you foster that relationship and that connection? And so I think that for me was a big takeaway in our learning about like developing and cultivating and creating relationship with those people that grow and create really our food. 
Yeah. You know, just pulling from some experience here, I have um, a grandmother who's from Greece and she grew up with not a lot of food on the table. I would say probably almost in poverty in Greece. And so I've been lucky enough to have her in my life to help me to understand not only the importance of food from a community standpoint, especially because when I was a kid, you know, we'd sit around our big table and share and share stories. And it was like hours, an hours long endeavor to have dinner. And um, she also taught me though, the value of fresh food and gardening and putting things together to make a story rather than just whipping something up and chucking it on the table. And even now, something that really upsets me is when I go out for a really nice meal, I almost feel like I'm hustled out of the restaurant. It's just, it's it's never like a sit down and let's really enjoy our food and each other situation anymore. It's like a dine and dash situation, whether it's coming to your door or even when you go out. And so why I'm a personal fan of this documentary and the work that the two of you are doing is because it really brings me back to my values and how I grew up. Um, and I, I, yeah, I definitely agree that we really are disconnected, whether it's, like I said, that we're sitting down for a meal, even by our, like I'm a single woman in Calgary. All of our listeners know that for those of you who are new, (laughs) Alyssa and I are both singles (laughs) and, um, you know, even I try to put together something really beautiful at least once a day. And it doesn't have to take a long time, but I try to go and source fresh vegetables and meats and and other things from as much local as possible and then come home and like admire it, sit with it, smell it, put it together and then sit and actually just savor the meal. And I find we're busy, right? So it's Excuse, 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 excuse. And then, of course, skip the dishes is a whole other conversation. Um, no, no shade to skip. I mean, they're just no. a business too, but yeah. For sure. But I think it's it's that convenience piece, right? Mm. It's how can we educate people to it, um, intentionally connect with their food while also offering convenient ways to do that for people who have really busy jobs or kids or like a lot on their plate, right? How do we help people who have a lot on their plate put something good back into their plate, essentially? Yeah, and it's going to be different for everybody. I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about the story that we're trying to tell is that food can really, like you were just talking about your grandmother, food can really unite us. And we all eat and it shouldn't be a political discussion. And, you know, of course you can get into policies and stuff, which is probably not what we're trying to do here. But I, there, I think this food really high, or sorry, this film really highlights the people in this city that uh, are are doing just that, are, are seeking those relationships, are providing food access to organizations like the Calgary Food Bank and the Mustard Seed uh, YYC growers that, you you know, is sourcing and doing all of this hard work for the people eating so you can get fresh, local, high-quality, nutritious food delivered to your door. And so it is that convenience, but it just has, you have to go to the extra step and get to know some of the people that are doing this. And uh, you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of people still think that, oh, if they eat organic or they go to the grocery store, everything, that's good. They're doing their part. But you can really take it a step further and have a personal relationship with the people who are growing and raising what you're going to put in your body. 
And then maybe just add to, like, I think one of the important pieces of the film process for us was um, identifying, maybe not identifying the people, but at least acknowledging the fact that, you know, it's not possible for everybody, nor, nor does anybody want, not, nor does everybody want to go and just upend their lives and, you know, start a farm and make all their food and, and do that. And, um, but yeah, there's small ways we can make an impact, right? Like, sorry to, to interrupt mm. there, but I know for myself, I have this like amazing soil on the side of my house that I inherited when I moved into my home. Um, and like, I can chuck anything in there and it tends to grow. And so even just educating yourself about the small gardening pieces you can do, right? Like maybe you try your hand at lettuce, which is an easy thing to grow. And you try that first, or you forage your backyard for wild mint, which by the way, grows like everywhere in Calgary. Um, (laughs) and you just, you start with some herbs and some, some leaf veggies and just go from there. And, uh, perhaps that's where you begin with just trying to reconnect. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, the small things, right? And it's not, it's not out of anybody's grasp to do. I think it's just about knowing and and finding those little things that you can do to make to make changes, right? And in com- many conversations with the two of you, I, I am privy to uh, some of the amazing organizations and individuals that you featured in the documentary, and I think um, these resources are invaluable to Albertans and Canadians looking to learn more about this stuff. And I would say that's probably the biggest value add in terms of the how-to behind this documentary. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. If you are in this space of just wanting to get to know food or health or uh, I think there's a lot of familiar faces in the documentary around Calgary that people might recognize. People like Malcolm from The Light Cellar, people like Rod from YBC Growers, people like Heather uh, from, I guess I can't name drop everybody, but people, please do. Okay. Well, people like Heather from Highfield <laughs> farm and, uh, Herman many guns, who is a Blackfoot elder who has been doing a ton of work and traditional knowledge around the city. Uh, people like Fazia, you know, I, I think it, for, for us, maybe I can't speak for you, Kaylin, but I probably can. <laughs> I think it was a really big honor to have these shining stars in this food world in the city come forward and want to be part of this. And we really worked to uh, tell, do right by them and tell their stories and and make sure that people understood who they were, where people could find them, and how they could go about making small changes t- to their food relationship. So... Can we talk a little bit about being women filmmakers and women in film in general and the challenges that come with that? <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Do you have any specifics? Like any? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is this industry dominated by one or the other gender? Oh, absolutely. I think that filmmaking is still predominantly male, a male dominated industry, but I I don't think that, at least from my experience, that it's felt unwelcoming. Like, I think I've always felt pretty supported in the industry. Um, Yeah. I think that's a Calgary thing, too, to be honest. 
Uh, Calgary has a a really great community of makers and filmmakers and creators here who, at least from my experience, want to help you out and want to support your your project or answer your questions. It just seems like everybody, it's a smaller pond than say other provinces, but everybody seems really supportive and helpful regardless of gender or any of those things. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, our crew was pretty uh, spread out in terms of gender. Um, yeah, like pretty, pretty straight across the board. Cut line there. Uh, nice. Yeah. But I think, you know, that was a, an intentional action for us too, in terms of our cast, in terms of our crew, uh, because I think it is still something that we, we need to pay attention to. Absolutely. What about from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, would you say that film is becoming better in that capacity and just, or did you have any sort of challenges with your film in relation to that? That's a good question. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm relatively new at at filmmaking and I guess we didn't really touch on our backgrounds, but I'm, I'm more of a, a corporate communications marketing person who is identifying more and more as a filmmaker now and certainly a writer always, uh, but it's hard to speak to the film industry in general in that way. I can just say that Kaylin and I made a lot of efforts and a lot of strides to make sure that we included people both in our, like, like Kaylin just mentioned in our cast and our crew that brought, brought diversity of choices, of, uh, background and of, I suppose, thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at for sure. And I think that's I think that's really beautiful that uh, that was taken into consideration. I think it should be in all facets. Um, let's talk a little bit about background for a moment here. Um, who are both of you anyway, just outside of this role? I guess we should have kicked off with that, but in true ladies who launch fashion, we're backtracking. Yeah, so I am, you know, a writer, a storyteller, a corporate communication specialist, uh, teacher. So I've worked in corporate, I've worked in academia, but really I think at my heart, I'm a, a creator and an artist and and moving more into uh, my passion for storytelling and filmmaking. Yeah. Every day. Kimberly and I've talked about this a few times uh, because I often say that I do video things, which is very non-descriptive. Uh, but I've worked in corporate and commercial filmmaking for, I don't know, about nine, 10 years now. And yeah, I mean, this is my first little dabble into the world of documentary filmmaking. Um, however, but- I, a little birdie told me that there's some award-winning accolades that we're not mentioning here about Kaylin. Oh, and little birdie <laughs> is right. She's an award-winning a director of commercials, I would say, for we don't have to name your employer, but prominent, prominent company in Alberta for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So in terms of forward motion, um, what's next and upcoming for the two of you? Where do you, where do you want to take this? What do you want it to do? That is such a good question. Um, I mean, for me, I think the hope is that it, it sparks some conversation because I think, my intention as a filmmaker is never to go in and entirely tell somebody what to think. I mean, obviously we we came up with like a, a thesis for the film and we hope that the audience takes something away. But I mean, I think if 
if it can spark an idea or at least have somebody sit there and and look a little bit differently at the people that they know or the people that they don't know, uh, I think we've we've done something important. Yeah, and I hope sincerely that this is just the beginning, both for our creative partnership, Kaylin, but also for more films and and to instill a lot of hope and inspiration, particularly in people in Alberta who are looking for something more when it comes to their relationship with food. And then what's next for the two of you in terms of individual goals? Do you want to continue down this path? I know Kim, you said, Kimberly, you said that you're a creator and a creative. Is that the path you want to take. Yeah, we're we've been talking about ideas for for what's next. Of course, that depends a lot on uh financing and uh what else and who else may want to invest in our storytelling abilities, but we've been talking about all kinds of things and it would be an honor to keep making films and to keep highlighting some of the great things going on here in Alberta, but then maybe to also tell some some stories, some feature films who knows. But it does feel like this particular line of work has awakened something in, oh, this sounds cheesy, but really awakened something in my soul that I didn't know existed. Like a passion that I... I, Beautiful. That's not (laughs) cheesy at all. A little bit. (laughs) We like cheese. (laughs) The cheese tax. Different kind of cheese tax. Anyway, that was a bad joke, but I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, So in terms of what's next for the film, I know there's some news here that I'm dying to share. So I'm going to go ahead and let let the two of you tell us what has happened with your very first documentary and the amazing news. Uh, well, we were just accepted into Northwest Fest in Edmonton. Uh, and in case your listeners don't know, Northwest Fest is Canada's longest running documentary film festival. So for us, I think that's pretty huge. It's our first go at a documentary. And so I think to be included in um, a lineup of some pretty significant films, I think, is 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 huge. Yeah, congratulations! It, thank you, thank <laughs> you. We're pretty excited, and I think, yeah, more than that, it's just exciting to know that people will put eyeballs on it. And I think, again, the intention is not um, not to tell anybody what to think, but genuinely, the hope is that people walk away feeling something, um, and and knowing that people will have the opportunity to do that, and. Um, to hear the stories, I think too, of, of the, the people that we spoke with, I think, you know, that's, you know, we're talking about backtracking. I I would love to backtrack here for a second and just say that I think it's such an honor for Kim, Kimberly and I to have gone in and met these amazing people, uh, who have such inspiring stories and, you know, certainly don't wake up every day having these really, really easy lives. And of course, you know, I, I don't think that any of us do, right. But, they they opened up to us in such a a wonderful way and and shared their stories and so for me knowing that um, there's an audience that will be able to come in and and hear what they had to say that's huge that's incredible yeah yeah so May sixth at the Garneau Theater at noon in Edmonton to be premiering at that iconic theater is a really cool feeling actually. So yeah, uh, people can go check it out at Northwest Fest. Uh, tickets are available and it is such an honor to be included in that festival. And, and like Kaylin said, to be 
to, to just to be showcasing our work and have an audience for it. I am so excited for the both of you and very proud to even be sitting in the room with you. I oh. hope that when you guys become famous, you'll still hang with me. Forever, D. <laughs> um, okay, well, I have one more question and then I want to wrap up with a couple of questions that we always ask our guests. But my last question is, is it hard to get into a film festival? For those of our listeners who are up-and-coming filmmakers, like what's one piece of advice that you would give uh, in terms of like continuing the journey towards finishing the documentary and then submitting it? Like what is a roadblock you guys felt, if any, and how do you get over that? Oh, uh, another excellent question. Yeah. Um, Kimberly texted me to say, hey, guess what? We got into Northwest Fest. Uh, and one of the first questions I had was, how many people submitted? <laughs> Clearly glass half empty, Kimberly glass half full. This is the dynamic. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, but I believe that there were 650 submissions. Yeah. Um, and so, wow. yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's humbling and also like doesn't really feel real yet because I think for me, there was never any, certainly no expectation, but definitely, um, I don't, I didn't think that we were going to get into a film festival with our first one. Like it was sort of, let's make a thing and see where it goes. Um, but I think maybe that's a good piece of advice. Um, at least for us, I think that that worked really well in terms of our partnership was that there was never any expectation in terms of what the project had to do. It was a project of discovery, both for us internally for ourselves and then um, in terms of discovering something for the audience. And I think we accomplished that and the rest of this is just, you know, delightful icing on the cake. So maybe the advice if people are aspiring filmmakers out there is... Yes, know your audience, but like Kaylin said, you're, you create for yourself a lot of the time. And every time you create for yourself, you're going to discover something about yourself or about your creative partnership or about the people that you're working with. And that can be such an amazing, beautiful thing. And you can't really attach to, I'm making this and I have to get in this film festival. I have to do this thing because that's not the point of art, right? The point of art is to, you give birth to it and you let it go out into the world like a little child, I guess. And you hope that people like it and people are impressed with it, but you can't attach to that because people are ultimately going to see it and interpret it based on their worldviews and how they see the world. So you also asked if it's hard to get into a film fest. I think Kayla and Sean's some light on that. Uh, but we, like I said, there's a really supportive community in Alberta here. And we managed to ask some people in the industry, you know, some tips. And we were told to cast a wide net and find film festivals that really fit with, with your film. And there is a really great website that most film festivals are submitted through called Film Freeway. And we worked with that and I created lists and we had kind of a strategy. And every film fest costs money to apply to. So you need to be ready to invest and show that you want to be part of it as well. Yeah. So of course it's difficult. Everything in life, I guess, is, is difficult. Anything, Anything having, right? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, but we're totally 
totally excited. And, and I, I sincerely hope this is just the beginning, but even if it's not, and this is where we are and we, we showcase at Northwest Fest, it's such an incredible honor to, to be in that Garneau theater. Okay. Last question. Who's inspiring both of you right now? (laughs) I think that goes without saying yes, each other, but, um, Okay. I got, I got it. Yeah. Go ahead. If you okay. Want. Uh, well it, it sounds really cheesy. I have two girls, two daughters, um, and I love them a lot, but more than that, uh, they inspire me every day with how they constantly come at life every single day. It's like, you know, almost not quite, but almost like a, a fresh, wipe of the slate. Like it's just a clean day every morning and they're just ready to attack the day and, are pumped to go see their friends and sometimes like less pumped to go to school. But, you know, there's just always this willingness to try new things and to just genuinely show up as themselves. And of course I'm biased, but I just love, I love what they bring to life. And I, I always, I don't always, I wish I did this more. Um, I try to incorporate that as much as I can and just really, um, appreciate how they show up in life. I wish I could do that more. Yeah. Your girls are super cool though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not biased and they are really cool. And your answer is also better than, well, very, very humbling. I was going to give a shout out to Adam Scorgi, who's an amazing Alberta filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. And he has inspired me for a long time and through this process, just even more so. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what, what he's doing and, you know, maybe meeting him one day in person. We will link to all of the information of this amazing documentary in our show notes, as well as to all the socials of the film festival and the root of it all, and potentially the two of you as well. Um, and, uh, I don't know why I said potentially just because in my mind, I was like, wait a second, did the two of you actually have public facing Instagrams? I don't think you do. So regardless, <laughs> we, will, we will link to the, the documentary Instagram in our show notes. And um, if anybody has any questions or follow-up, you can always DM us at ladies who launch pod on Instagram or email us at ladies who launch pod at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you so much to the two of you for spending the afternoon with me and for cheersing some beers. And I cannot wait to see this documentary. Thank you so much for having us, Dakota, and just giving us a platform to to share this amazing journey we've been on. We we love your your show and, and what you're doing too. Yeah, thank you for having us. And thank you to anybody that's taken the time to listen to the very end of this. We appreciate you. <laughs> thank you. This was an amazing cast. Of course, people are going to listen till the end. You know, we're cool. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next time on Ladies Who Launch. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 